last choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hour number two we go here on the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here to kick off your week on a Monday. So glad you can join us. We were talking Saints minicamp earlier, mandatory minicamp. Starting Tuesday, fans, you can get out there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is closed, but we want to know what are you most looking forward to? Who are you most looking forward to seeing? A bunch of new faces, guys back from injury. Dennis Allen, your one at head coach, whole lot to chat about. So definitely reach out to us at ESPN Radio NOLA. You can also dial in and call the show 1-800-998-1003. I'm at Jack Benjamin PXP on Twitter. Well, switching gears to basketball and the Pelicans. Big news over the weekend, Zion Williamson reiterating his desire to be with the organization. He spoke at a local YMCA on Saturday. Take a listen to what Zion had to say about being in New Orleans. Hey, hey, you good at what you do, man. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, I do want to be here. Um, That's no secret. Uh, I feel like I've always... Stood on that whenever I spoke, and but currently that this doesn't really have anything to do with that. This is just me wanting to be a, a pillar in my community. So you heard there from Zion Williamson, May twenty sixth. Again, the Pelicans clearing him to return to play without restrictions as he continues to rehab his broken right foot that cost him the entire twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season. He has said he's going to spend the rest of the summer working out for the following year. On the table this summer could be a five-year, $186 million max rookie extension with the Pelicans. They could look to add some protections in the deal, though, instead of just giving the complete guaranteed max. Again, those negotiations are going to happen this summer. Here's Zion talking about a possible extension. Hey, you got to ask the Pels, baby. (laughs) Got to ask the Pels, baby. Well, we heard from David Griffin last week discussing it and saying that Zion is definitely a max player. Here's my take. Zion Williamson, when he has been on the floor, and I've mentioned this countless times, when he is on the floor, this guy has been as dominant as any player in NBA history. The problem is he's only played in 85 games in three seasons. So you add it up and... He has missed 141. Now, you have to keep this guy in-house. If he wants to be here, he's got to stay here. There's no question that Zion's going to want every penny guaranteed. There's no question that the Pelicans are going to try to put in some stipulations and figure out restrictions on a possible contract to protect them. The comp to Zion, and and this is the way, ideally, if you're a Pelicans fan, you would probably want to go— would be a rookie-scale extension similar to what Joel Embiid got from the 76ers. It wasn't fully guaranteed, but it was much closer than what some people think. He would have basically, for for Embiid, would have had to suffer a very specific re-injury and then be waived by the Sixers to not get his money. And when you look at kind of the way that that was structured, it was based on prior injuries after he missed his first two seasons with injury, and he only played 31 games in his rookie year in 2016-2017. So basically, if the foot and back issues that Embiid had resurfaced, 
Then the 76ers could waive him and get out of the deal with minimal money guaranteed each of the final four seasons. Michael Porter Jr. is another one. He signed a rookie-scale max, max extension with the Nuggets despite missing the entirety of his rookie year with an injury. And for both, it has at least until now worked out pretty well. And David Griffin mentioned that when you're a small market team and a team that can't make mistakes, you've got to indemnify yourself in some way for that. And we understand that. It's fine. But again, this is something that is very important in terms of the way that you go about this. Because you now have a bought, Zion Williamson, that, that has bought in. There's no question about it. And when you hear Zion talk about witnessing the Pelicans run to the postseason this past year, pushing the Suns six games, I just think there's a passion to this guy that maybe he has been there all along. But the word around him and all the question marks about the relationship with the Pelicans and whether Zion wants to be here, it sounds like you can put that to bed based on what he's talked about with watching these Pelicans and this young group and nucleus that's just waiting for that one missing piece, which is him. It was exciting, you know, seeing young uh, players, uh, Jose, Trey Herb, um, Jackson, if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry, uh, just blossom into, like, the players I, you know, I knew they could be and that uh, they knew they could be. And watching B.I., I mean, the name speak for itself. And then C.J. being added, uh, it was a – it was it was something to watch. It was something to watch, and the fans made it so much better. You think about the pieces that are in place and the fact that you've got the Lakers draft pick after, as we mentioned before, beating them to knock them out from having a shot at playoff contention and Anthony Davis and pushing him over to Cancun earlier than the Lakers, of course, would have wanted. And Zion now talking about he wants to be here, Loves the young guys, loved watching this. There's no question he wants to be part of this. Now, the word a little while back flowing down from ownership was talk about Gail Benson, who of course is the owner of the Saints as well as the Pelicans, and talking about how maybe he wanted to take a football-style Saints mentality contract negotiation where they offer a huge contract but not guarantee all of it. The question now becomes, how much of this money do you guarantee? What sort of stipulations? How do you protect yourself? But how do you do it in a way that's not going to irritate Zion and and keep him engaged? I don't think there's any question that these two sides want to come to an agreement and want to do everything they can to come to an agreement. Give us your thoughts on the Zion extension. Are you giving it to him? What's your thought process on how you go about building this contract in a way where it's the right deal for Zion, the right deal for the Pelicans, 1-800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio NOAA, the way to get involved. Again, the Pelicans have Zion under contract through next year, so if he hits 2023 for agency, Pelicans can make him restricted, giving them the right to match any offer. They're not at risk of suddenly losing him. But he also doesn't have to accept an extension offer this offseason. He could play out next season potentially healthier and then bargain from a position of strength, which obviously would be a risk. So you got both sides trying to convince the other this is the right time to lock in on that side's desired terms. And with the pieces in place, again, you got 14 people on this team under contract. So 
plenty of talent there in-house and back. And now the question becomes, okay, well, how are you going about constructing this contract? And what's Zion going to do to make you sure that he's worth it? Here's him talking about what the summer's been like for him so far. Um, just working out, uh, getting ready for my, uh, getting myself ready for my teammates in the city, and finding like a week or two to have some time to myself. Remember, back in April, he said he did sign an extension with the Pelicans as quickly as possible, saying that I wouldn't be able to sign it fast enough if they were to offer it. And we've seen the pictures and the videos and. Saw that windmill dunk, another one on Saturday at his camp, and that uh, <laughs> you, you got to watch it. Not it's not a, a clip where I've got radio play by play of it for you, but go do yourself a favor and get on social media and check out that little kid at the camp in just pure awe watching Zion explode to the rim and do one of those windmill reverse dunks. Here's a guy now who's looking like he's getting into better shape. Again, cleared to play without restrictions a few weeks ago. And it's now a matter of, okay, can you get a deal done? Can you figure out the way you want to go about this? A guy who, again, has been historically great when he's been able to play. First player to average 27 points per game on 60% shooting in a season. He's the first to average 25 points per game on 60% shooting over a two-year span. 20.3 points per game last year in the paint. That was the most, I should say, uh, two years ago. That was the most since Shaq in 1999-2000. So this is a guy who is potentially worth every penny, who comes with risk. Again, he fractured his foot last August, underwent surgery before the season started, widely expected he'd be ready to go for the regular season. Then he dealt with several setbacks, cleared to resume basketball activities in March. He didn't return, and then speculation began about the rumors about Zion's relationship with the Pelicans getting worse. And again, now you hear the national media talking about it and phrasing things in terms of the fact that they had always been reporting that Zion would sign that extension. It's amazing how the narrative shifts once you hear from the source themselves. Zion hadn't spoken a whole lot about this. Now, that had been part of the problem. You think about Zion, and I think one thing if you're a Pelicans fan that you got to be incredibly encouraged by is the fact that he's now around the facility on a pretty close to full-time basis. In the past, he's been working out again with his trainer and with his family and kind of been separated from the team and not always around the facilities. But with this young group, the pictures and the videos and everything that we're seeing come out, all leads to a guy who's in better shape, in the right kind of mindset that you have to be to be a star of this basketball team. And now a guy who's ready to buy in pretty much all the way. How are you going to get this deal done? Now becomes the question mark. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm seeing what I can do in terms of at least getting some protection. But at some point, you got to take a risk on an investment. This guy's an investment. He is as talented as they come in the NBA. The numbers speak for themselves. It's about structuring this thing, trying to make both parties happy. I don't think you have to consider this a fragile relationship anymore. Zion wants to be here. Get the job done. Again, 1-800-998-1003. Are you giving Zion the full max he's eligible for? Are you putting in some stipulations? 
How are you going about framing a possible extension for Zion Williamson, who will be entering year number four, again, having played 85 games in his first three years, having missed 141, potentially adding him to a Pelicans team that made a run all the way to the first round of the playoffs, taking the top-seeded Suns six games, which, well, not many people expected. And a head coach in Willie Green is going to be here for a while. A great young core. Brandon Ingram has become a star. you got your lead go-to guard and C.J. McCollum. Zion, it's time. One more piece. This team could be rolling pretty soon. Against the sports hangover, Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here on a Monday. Coming up, Rafael Esparza chatting some betting, some odds, talking NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals. How can you make some cash this week? He told you to take the Warriors in Game 4 on Friday, so yeah, you may want to listen to the guy. Sports Hangover rolls along after this on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Since 1948, that's 74 years, Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches, a large selection of shaft couplings, single V struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this, Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V-strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Alario Brothers before the season. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at alariobros.com. Shrimp boats is a common, their sails are inside. Shrimp boats is a common, there's dancing tonight. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, they're back, man. The flies that just won't let you have peace in your kitchen. Oh, you must be talking about the little bitty ones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, those are likely fruit flies or drain mm. flies. Fruit flies normally get brought in from produce at yeah. grocery stores. You remember we did this a couple of years ago, and so many people were talking about, man, when y'all were talking about that, we've been having that problem, and you solved it. Yeah, exactly, because it's the solution is not where you think. Mm. It's in the drain. We have a product. You just treat the drains for five nights straight before you go to bed so there's no water in there. The little enzymes go in there, and they eat up all the egg and the larvae and all the debris that's in the drain. And then guess what? No more drain flies. So where can I get this in the New Orleans area? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that.
That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Jack Benjamin in for Gus here on this Monday. Glad you're hanging out with us. Been a busy show so far. Big thanks to Dejon Dixon joining us in hour number one. Rookie free agent with the, uh, well, I signed a rookie free agent deal with the Saints and he is trying to pursue one of those roster spots, trying to make the 53 man roster ahead of mandatory mini camp, which starts on Tuesday. Open to the fans Tuesday, Wednesday. Again, we want to hear from you at ESPN Radio Nola. How are you feeling going into minicamp? What are you most looking forward to seeing this week? Well, flipping gears a little bit, on with us now, Mr. Vegas himself, Rafael Esparza of uh, the Vegas Sports Informer at VSI Doc Sports. The way to follow him, he's an odds maker. He tells you what to bet on. He told you on Friday to bet on the Warriors. Rafael, uh, you were right, my friend. You nailed that one. Yeah, it was a good second half. But here's another one, another blowout game. Can we? I want free throws to finally finalize a game in the NBA playoffs. I don't want to see a double digits. I want to see a last second half court shot to win the game. I'm tired of these blowouts. It really has been incredible. I, I look at the, the the shifts and the momentum shifts in these games. You look at the third quarter and the Warriors are something like plus sixty, and the Celtics had dominated the fourth quarters until Game Four. It, it truly is remarkable how wide the, the final margins have been in this series, especially considering I, I think the Celtics were the first team ever, Raphael. I read this to be up by five points in the fourth quarter and then end up losing. By, and the, up by five points in the final five minutes, I should say, of a game in the finals and then end up losing by double digits. Yeah, I saw that, that, that stats, and that kind of made me want to go back and look at some of the games that I thought I was completely wrong. But that was amazing. After reading that, it makes you uh, makes you think about uh, what actually goes down in the NBA playoffs and in the NBA finals. So that was a crazy stat. So looking ahead now to Game 5, we all know what Steph Curry did in Game 4, 43 points. The odds, I was checking this out earlier just for fun. His finals MVP odds right now are at minus 135. So my first question to you, before I ask about Game 5, is that almost too too much now to take Steph as finals MVP? Is there anyone, I mean, at this point, what I guess my question is, what kind of odds are there now where even in a losing effort, is he maybe building a case to be finals MVP. He's just creating so much separation, I would guess, against Brown and uh, Tatum, who are probably a far second and third. Yeah, and the way Tatum's been playing, let's say if Boston wins and the Tatum plays, continue to play like he has, you even give it to him. I, like I said, I thought getting Marcus Smart uh, in the beginning of, of these playoffs, uh, NBA finals, I thought I can't remember what his open numbers, but they were good odds. He could be that one or Jalen Brown. I think there's any value in the Golden State if you're going to take anybody besides Curry. Maybe Andrew Wiggins, because he's playing some monster games, especially on defense that he's not getting credit for because Curry's taking all the limelight when it comes to his three-point shot and his points. But Andrew Wiggins has to be probably the key reason why uh, they're winning games. Again, talking here with Rafael Esparza at VSI Doc Sports. Way to follow him, Mr. Vegas, the Vegas sports informer. Um, so looking at game five, Raphael, spread right now, Golden State minus four over under of two ten and a half last time I looked at it. What's your take on this crucial game five in San Francisco tonight? I want to say take Golden State. I'm probably not going to pass on the side because it would not be shocked if the Celtics win one. I think we're going to see the same type of tempo 
like we saw in game one where the three-point shot was hitting for Golden State early and was dominating uh, the second half for the Celtics three-point shot when it ended up 120-108. I like this game going over. I don't understand why this number has come down from 212 now to 210.5 uh, when both teams can light up the scoreboard when it comes to three-point shooting. I think we're going to see the same type of score like we did in game one. Uh, I like the over at 210.5. I'm going to be rooting for Golden State just because I want this series to be over with because the NA, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs start on Wednesday, so I kind of want to concentrate and be fun with that because those games are much closer than the NBA Finals. But uh, I'm rooting for Golden State, but I think the over is the best bet on the board. I don't know if you saw the uh, the number on this. I was looking at an article talking about how close this series has been. I think it's 422 to 421 Golden State by a point so far through four games in this series. Speaking with Rafael Esparza, again, at VSI Doc Sports, the way to follow him. All right, you mentioned the Stanley Cup Finals. You uh, were pretty worried about my Rangers, as was I over the weekend, and uh, our uh, run came to a pretty sharp halt on Saturday in Tampa. That uh, 2 nothing lead vanished pretty darn fast. Um, I Obviously a tough ending for the Rangers. I think about this Lightning team and having to go six games. You got a very well-rested Colorado Avalanche team, but we, we saw a little bit of rust from the Lightning against the Rangers. Does that factor at all into your take on this game one come Wednesday in the Stanley Cup Finals? I mean, you really can't say getting uh, Lightning at plus 155 or even plus 160 for the series price I think that's a good value because the way they've won series against the Rangers and the way they've been playing, I think right now they have the best goalie coming into the Stanley Cup uh, Finals. But Colorado's just been the best team all season long. they got home ice, which really home ice doesn't really mean anything in the NHL. We've seen it year after year. I, I like Colorado. I think they win this one. I- I'm going to say Colorado in six. You can get uh, Colorado in six games at four to one. I- I'm going to take Colorado to win the series in six games. Yeah, Andre Vasilevsky has been just remarkable. He and Igor Shesterkin, probably the two best goalies in the world going at it in that last series. So you figure uh, the Lightning won't have to face that that kind of goaltending, although Colorado is pretty solid all the way throughout. Um, any any props you're looking at for these Stanley Cup Finals? Anyone for MVP you're thinking about? Any other value picks? I like uh, Miko Rantan from Colorado the, uh, for top goal scorer at plus 550. I think they're getting good value right. on that one. Uh, I don't know about MVP because it's so hard. I mean, I would say right now you have to take both goalies on who you think is going to win because uh, <laughs> I think uh, the way I think the goalies are going to be a big situation. A little bit shocked that the total came out six. I would not be shocked uh, if we see like a 3-2-3-1 three, three, type of game uh, from game one. I think we see a lot of defense uh, on, on this one. So, I'm going to take the even money on the under at six goals uh, if I'm going to take that right now. Speaking again with Rafael Esparza at VSI Doc Sports, the way to follow him, Vegas Sports Informer, breaking down all odds and uh, different bets that you can make. I'm a big golf fan, Rafael, and I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I lock in not only for the majors but for just big events in general. And I know we've got a, a alternative, let's call it a alternative way of uh, golf going on right now that's trying to make their move, but I'd say the PGA Tour put on a pretty good display over there in Canada this past weekend at the RBC um, Canadian Open. Thinking about the U.S. Open at Brookline in Massachusetts, seems like a pretty wide-open field. you got a, a hot Rory McIlroy coming in there. Any uh, any bets you're liking, guys you're looking at as uh, possible winners or sleepers in this field this week? 
I mean, how do you not like McRory's uh, press conference afterwards? Just putting uh, the dull spoon <laughs> into Norman's back was just fantastic, fantastic. 20, 21 uh, wins, one more than someone. Yeah, so I was just outstanding. I, I want to say Justin Thomas, I think yeah, he had a great weekend. I, I think yeah, getting him at anywhere between 16 to 18 uh, uh, to 1 uh, is some good value. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, I've always used for him uh, on majors. I think if, if, if he can get his putter going, uh, going red hot, at getting him at thirty-five to forty to one, I think it's a good one. I always cheer for John Rahm. I, I don't know why, but uh, he's the small. I, you don't want to see the favorite when he's ten to one, but he's at the leaderboard up there for uh, for, for for John Rahm. You got Scotty Scheffler, world number one, as an eleven to one favorite. Has struggled a little bit here of late. Do you think he can re- re- regain his form a little bit here for the U.S. Open this week? That's why they mention his name. He has struggled a bit, and I, when you coming into these, uh, to these, you, any of the opens or any of the big ones, you can't be struggling because I think uh, just the media alone will eat your life. Because the media will let you know, hey, you're coming into this tournament struggling. So that's why I left him off. I'm hoping he does. I, I love watching him play. So uh, I don't think there's any value with him. I'll tell you who's a good player that I've always kind of liked his game. Cameron Smith, really good ball striker. So is Colin Morikawa. Look, at the U.S. Open, you know this. That rough is deep. Those greens are fast. you got to find a way to put the ball in the fairway. you got to obviously be a, a very good chipper and putter. So uh should be interesting to see how uh, how that thing plays out. Hey, we talked to uh, college World Series in, in college postseason baseball last week. I mentioned the Oklahoma Sooners. I'd, I'd say I called that one pretty well. Uh, over in Blacksburg, they get it done. They win two of three. Six of the eight spots are locked in. You got a couple of uh, winner-take-all game threes, Stanford and UConn and Auburn and Oregon State. Anything you're thinking about for tonight there? Uh, no value with Stanford. I think they pull it off. And, and, and if this number continues to go higher on Auburn, I think getting Auburn at plus 135 could be really, really good value. The total has come down. I think we see it now. I think all arms will be in full effect, so it would not be shocked if this one goes under the 11.5. But I, if they continue to bet the Beavers, uh, if I can get plus 135, plus 140 on Auburn, I might take a small shot at That one's going to be a good one, but I think the under on that one's a good bet. What are the odds that you can get right now in Notre Dame to win the national title? Because these guys, <laughs> all, all they've done so far is go to uh, Statesboro, they win that Georgia Southern Regional, and then they knock off top seed Tennessee. I'm guessing a lot of people are starting to hop on the Irish bandwagon. Yeah, it was funny. Right when they won that game, we moved them to eleven to one. Now they're nine to one. Mm. I can guarantee you, money will continue to come in on them. So I would not be shocked before I put my head on a pillow uh, tonight. They'll probably be eight to one, seven and a half to one. Uh, it all depends. If, if Stanford wins, they're the early game. I think they play at uh, four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If they win, that might help us on some Notre Dame future money coming in because uh, everyone likes to bet Stanford uh, in college uh, World Series. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Final question for you. Looking at baseball, my New York Yankees best record oh, in the. Uh, I, I, I had to. I had to bring it up. Best, best record in baseball by I think four and a half games now. What are the odds that Mark Matt Carpenter continues this pace of hitting basically a home run every uh, four or five at bats? Not only did I have to see that, but Matt Carpenter is a, a former Cardinal, which we're supposed to hate as a Cubs fan. So hey, hey, was he, was playing, he was playing the Cubs. He has to do it. I know. That was double brutal. Uh, he, there's no way he's going to uh, control that. Unless he continues to stash, that mustache uh, is almost better than Tom Selleck's. Uh, I'll give him credit for that. But it was just a brutal weekend for a Cub fan. Actually, I actually put odds for next manager to be fired today. I have Tony La Russa at plus 150. I actually bumped David Ross. 
uh, up to 12 to 1 to plus 750. Oh, that was a brutal, brutal weekend. I think the Yankees just hit another home run against my cup pitch just now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to lay it on you, my friend. I had to do it though. When, when you, when you win 18 to 4, I'm feeling pretty good. But as, uh, as all my friends tell me who, uh, and, and pretty much they all despise the Yankees, none of it matters when it's not October or November. So, uh, ultimately we haven't won anything since 2009. That is true, and and my super and my World Series pick, the Toronto Blue Jays, are playing a lot better ball. So that's going to be a fun series between Toronto and New York all season long, summer long. Now that is Rafael Esparza again at VSI Doc Sports. The way to follow joins the Sports Hangover Mondays and Fridays. Rafael, appreciate you, man. All the best. Take it easy. Have a fantastic day. All right. Again, he's of the Vegas Sports Informer. Whole lot going on this week. We mentioned the Saints. We talked about the Pels and a possible Zion extension. You got the U.S. Open golf kicking off on Thursday. College World Series action. We'll talk about that a little bit. But coming up, how about a breakdown of the NBA Finals from a guy who is calling the Finals for ABC, Mike Breen. He joins us next on the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill on ESPN Radio New Orleans. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-489-6985. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-489-6985 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-489-6985 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-489-6985. Because of COVID protocols, you had to... So, Mexican Grill and Steakhouse, Highway 1 and Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials, Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso, Mexican food and steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. And now, an important message from Steve Harvey. I've been thinking about this thing, right? This pandemic, it just isn't over yet. We got the vaccines. I got mine. You might have yours. And when you get that, it's kind of tempting. You want to go to the beach. You want to show up at the club. I'm not scolding you or nothing like that. I'm a performer. I'm tired of doing my shows with no audience. I get it. But listen to this. Don't think just because you got the vaccine that you could just go crazy. We are not quite there yet. Don't let your guard down now. Just follow the current safety guidelines. Wearing your mask is the best way to get it done. I know the mask is hot. I got it. But you know what's hotter than these masks? Staying healthy. Now that's hot. And that's pretty fly if you ask me. Now we need to all keep it together, okay? This is Uncle Steve telling you, let's unite to prevent. For more information, visit unite2prevent.org. 
driven six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. Uh, Jack Benjamin in for Gus on this Monday. Thanks for joining us in what has been a packed show so far. Coming up tonight from San Francisco, Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Warriors taking back home court Friday with a 107-97 Game 4 win in Boston over the Celtics. Steph Curry masterful in Game 4, 43 points. And among the many fascinating storylines in these NBA Finals is Mike Breen. He's the play-by-play voice of a record 17th straight NBA Finals. He's calling it for ABC. He actually had to miss the first couple games of the series due to COVID protocols. Thankfully, he was cleared to return Game 3 as a precaution. He's not doing any game day interviews at the moment to rest his voice. But I was fortunate to get a chance to pre-record an interview with him yesterday, discussed what he went through to ultimately clear COVID protocols, his thoughts on Steph Curry's brilliance, and who's got the edge heading back to the Bay. Here's Mike Breen on the Sports Hangover. Mike, you're calling your record 17th NBA Finals. This has been anything but a normal one for you, though. Because of COVID protocols, you had to miss Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and then Games 1 and 2 of this Finals. Take us through what you had to go through because of COVID protocols to return to action and also uh, how your voice is holding up. I assume it, it can't be the best thing for a voice that maybe is a little bit weakened when you're having to deal with that chaotic uh, TD Garden crowd, which hasn't seen a finals game since 2010. Yeah, Jack, this, this finals has been a little different experience. Um, you know, I, I had I'd done game six of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston and was set to head down to Miami, but I wanted to stop home in New York where I live first. When I got home to New York, I wasn't I was feeling kind of funky, and I had a little bit of a fever, so I, I tested um, myself, and I tested positive, and, um, you know, obviously called the, the people at ESPN, and, and that kind of ruled me out for Game 7, which was, you know, just so frustrating. It's interesting, Jack, because you know, we've all, and I'm sure you've been the same way, um, we've all done, I mean, countless games. I, I, I've probably done a 100 games where I felt awful. I had the flu or you know, some kind of virus or a bad cough or congestion. We've done for years. You just do it. You, you, you don't feel well. Your voice isn't right. You just go, you do the game. But, you know, clearly this is a different time for everybody where, you know, with the, such a contagious virus that when you do feel bad, now you don't just, you know, slog through it. What you do is you go get tested. So, but within like five or six hours after testing positive that day, which was a Saturday, by that night I felt 100% fine. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I can go back down. But we decided not to do game seven. And I waited a couple of days and tested myself again and, and then came up negative. So I flew to San Francisco, uh, get out, get ready for the finals. So when I got out there, we have to be tested by the NBA. And um, I kept testing positive. I, I didn't have any symptoms for the week. I was stuck in my hotel for the week. Uh, but just kept testing positive. Um, so unfortunately missed the first two games. Um, but my colleague and friend Mark Jones nailed it. Um, for him to come parachuting in there like that, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. So as much as it was painful for me to watch, um, I was thrilled for him and, and, and how well he did. And yeah, obviously so super glad to be back. 
Again, we're speaking with Mike Breen here on the Sports Hangover. He's the lead play-by-play voice of the NBA on ESPN and calling his record 17th NBA Finals. He's a a Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer as of 2020 when he received the Kurt Gowdy Award. All right, Mike, let's dive into this Finals and what's going on. I think about the twists and turns and just how fascinating all of this has been to watch. The young Celtics were, I'd say, the storyline over the course of those first three games and what they did in that fourth quarter in Game 1 and the fourth quarter in Game 3. Really, the one constant for the Warriors in the series has been Steph Curry and his brilliance. And what he did in Game 4, 43 points, 14 for 26 floor. He made seven of his 14 threes. You've called all but those two games that you missed in this Finals in terms of his Finals career. When you kind of factor in all the great playoff performances you've seen from him, would you say that one ranks at the top of the list given the magnitude of the moment, his team being down 2-1, and the fact that they are so heavily reliant right now on what he's doing offensively? Yeah, You know, Jack, all the things you just said, um, it has to be up there. I mean, he's had games where he scored more. He's had games where he's hit more threes. But because of, you know, them having this two-year absence, and it was because they were missing their guys. Now they're back on the big stage again and want to prove that, you know, the dynasty is still alive. But they're down to this hungry, terrific Celtic team. And if they lose, chances of them winning the finals become very, very slim. And as you said, you know, Draymond Green has not been playing well. Uh, Clay Thompson has been very erratic with shooting. And he leads them in this must game in as hostile a, a, an arena as there is in the league. Um, right now, the atmosphere in, in the TD Garden is just just off the charts fantastic. But for him to do that against the best defensive team in the league, it just it just reminds you again of his greatness. We, we all, and I'm... I'm the biggest culprit at times, you know, whether it's LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, or obviously some of the great players before that. We we take their greatness for granted. It's almost come as expected. Oh, boy, he had another great game. Well, no, he didn't have another great game. He had a spectacular game. And it's easy just to to chalk it up. Yep, another great game from from Steph Curry. Um, But you have to recognize, again, because of the particulars you said, you add all that in. I would say, and he won't do it, he won't rank them. That has to be one of the more satisfying performances for him. But he'll also be the first one to tell you, but it won't mean a thing if they don't close it out with two more victories. It's remarkable. He's averaging more than 34 points in the finals, shooting 49% from three. Mike, one of the amazing things, too, that I saw earlier, it's the 13th time in a finals game he's scored at least 30 points. That ties Kobe Bryant for eighth most all time. You're right. It's very easy to take this guy for granted because we kind of expected at this point. Well, the thing is, Jack, it's like people, there's some people out there, the narrative is that as great as he is, he hasn't been at his best in the finals. And then you just rattle off those numbers. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, one thing I, I think he doesn't get the proper amount of credit for was he was a two-time MVP when Kevin Durant came to Golden State. Um, and he was, you know, Back then, still considered the best shooter in the game, a scoring title. Yet he sacrificed a lot of his shots. He came in and he welcomed Kevin Durant. And Durant, in in many ways, became the number one offensive option. And and clearly he was in the finals. He he was magnificent those two finals where he got the finals MVP. But I don't think we credit enough what Steph Curry did there. I mean, that's the ultimate teammate sacrifice. That was his team. That was his franchise. And he has this guy come in. And he, you know, just opens the door and says, hey, 
go to town. It's, it, it's up to you as well. And, and I think that's just a great statement of his character. You know, it's kind of like what Dwayne Wade did when LeBron James came to Miami. He had already won a title there. He was the guy, but he let LeBron James be the guy. And, and Steph Curry did the same thing for Durant. And, and I think, um, again, I, I, sometimes I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Again, we're speaking with Mike Breen here on the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin with you. He's the lead play-by-play voice of the NBA on ESPN, calling his record 17th NBA Finals. So you talked about Steph's legacy, Mike. I I think about it, too. One of the amazing things to come out of that Game 4 win, the Warriors beating the Celtics 107-97, even this series of two going back to the Bay Area. So the trio now of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green, they've won 19 games of the Finals. That matches... Tim Duncan, Tony Barker, and Manu Ginobili for the most by trio in the last 50 years. What would this title mean for this group in your mind if they can get it done and win for a second time without Kevin Durant and a fourth time in eight years? I just think it shows, uh, you know, the word dynasty's thrown around. And, you know, they were a dynasty for those those four years, well, those five years, in fact, you can say. And you look at, you know, like, for example, 2016 – they're up three games to one. Draymond Green in that game gets um, gets that flagrant, gets uh, suspended for game six. If that doesn't happen, they probably win 2016 as well. Then you look at 2019. Between Durant being injured and then Clay Thompson getting hurt, they could have won that one. So, you know, woulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda, obviously, is it comes into play. And it, it, it doesn't mean a darn thing because – Injuries happen, and it's all part of, of of what a player's career is and what a team's career is. But they have been a dynasty, and if they come back and win this one again, uh, it shows that it's you know they're one of the great teams of all time. There's no question about that. You know they they didn't win in uh, in night in um, twenty and twenty one clearly, but Clay Thompson was missing. So it's it's just when 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 they're healthy and when they play well. Uh, they're almost impossible to beat. And I think, you know, I don't believe in using the word legacy until a, a person's career is complete. There, but I think it would apply to this team. Speaking here with Mike Breen, lead play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on uh, ABC, calling his record 17th Finals this year. Jack Benjamin with you on the Sports Hangover. All right, Mike, final thing for you as we look ahead to Game 5. What do you see as the biggest keys here in this kind of momentum-shifting Game 5 back at uh, the Chase Center? It's been so unpredictable, these entire playoffs, and certainly these finals. The momentum swings aren't just, oh, it turned the game around. They're like some of the biggest momentum swings I've ever seen. Teams get, they go from being crushed in a quarter or in a half to all of a sudden turning around and they look unbeatable. I don't think I've ever seen such a disparity in, in swings like this, uh, in the playoffs, especially when you get this later in the playoffs because you're talking about the best teams. Um, I think at this point, when you get to a game five of the finals and it's all even, these teams know each other so well. Um, the strategy is there. The, the, the adjustments have been made. So much of it is just, you know, the will to win. Which one is able to to overcome the other in terms of that will, in terms of that that extra effort, in terms of that decision making. So, you know, I, I think strategy wise, yes. Obviously, a lot of things are important. The coaches can still make 
make tweaks and adjustments that, that can make a difference. But now it just comes down to who has the will to win, who's going to be able to, to impose that will on their opponent. That is uh, Mike Breen, the terrific lead play-by-play voice of the NBA and ESPN again, calling his uh, record 17th finals. It took three games for us to finally get him back, but uh, we are sure uh, happy that he is. Mike, it's been great to hear you. Rest that voice up. Best of luck rest of the way. Really appreciate you taking some time. Okay, Jack. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Well, again, can't thank Mike enough for taking the time. You can watch Game 5 tonight on ABC and hear Mike along with Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Lisa Salters. You can also listen to the game on ESPN Radio. Tip at 8 o'clock Central Time pregame at 7. We're going to talk to Mark Hester who's going to call the game on ESPN Radio in a little bit. We're back after this. Sports Hangover Hour number 2 rolls along on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show, is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting. Don't miss it. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. Thibodeau Regional, again acknowledged for delivering an outstanding patient experience by health grades. While we may be the recipient of the award, our patients are the real winners because you can have confidence in the quality of care you'll receive. Thibodeau Regional Health System, proud to be among the top 10% of hospitals in the nation and the only hospital in Louisiana recognized by health grades for providing an outstanding patient experience 14 years in a row. A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN1003.com. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here on this Monday, June 13th. So glad you're with us. Saints mandatory minicamp opening up Tuesday to the fans. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then closed on Thursday. So, a whole lot to talk about. I want to hear from you, Saints fans. 1-800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio New Orleans. The way to tweet at us at Jack Benjamin PBP, PXP. The way to tweet at me. Jordan Kleber, the graduate, joining us once again. My man, long time no talk. What do you have for us here at the top of the hour? Well, first off, I just want to say awesome interview with Mike last segment. Oh, he's the best. I will, one critique. I was waiting for the bang. Where was the bang? <laughs> 
I was waiting the whole interview to hear something with Bang. But, hey, great interview. Like I said, really good stuff here. And, and I'm sure a lot of people enjoy that. That will be up on our SoundCloud page after three o'clock today and that's a way that you can re-listen to that interview yeah. at ESPN. Let, let me, and, and, and let me say too, you know, the, the bangs right now, Jordan, they've got to be limited because again, he had COVID, he had a little bit of a, a weakened voice, even though the symptoms weren't too bad. So I, I asked him about it and he said, you know what, let, beforehand he said, you know what, let's hold off. I'm going to save it for the game. So I get, I guarantee, I personally guarantee the over under will likely hit over five on the bang calls tonight. I really, I cannot wait for that. I, I wish we would have, been able to ask Rafael Esparza what the over under on that was. That, that's sure true. Probably that's have true. some, but uh, anyway, let's get into some top stories. Uh, let's continue with the NBA narrative that we that you were just kind of talking about. Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins has agreed to a multi year contract extension for with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, kind of important thing to note: Memphis is you know was one of those teams that was very. Um, high up there in the Western Conference this last season. And you're looking at John Moran, and he has a contract that's coming up along with Zion because, remember, they were drafted together. It's going to be very interesting to see what their offseason plans are, just bringing everybody back and what's to come in the upcoming season. Because that's one of the teams that the Pelicans are going to be chasing after. It's almost the, the same kind of format that, that the Pelicans have, very young and a bunch of talent on the team. Yeah, so Taylor Jenkins, he was number two in league coach of the year voting. Memphis had the second best regular season record. I'm of the belief, now I know people watching the finals will say you're crazy when they've obviously seen what Steph Curry has done and the way he's gone off. If Memphis is healthy in that series, and I'm talking about John Morant being healthy and who knows on the Dylan Brooks suspension, I think they beat Golden State in that series. Guy did a masterful job. I don't think it'll take long to come to terms with with John Moran and get that extension done. So, uh, look, if I'm a uh, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I'm very very happy with the uh, job Taylor Jenkins has done so far. He's 37 years old. He's done one uh, heck of a job over there in Memphis. Another uh, NBA player storyline: the Atlanta Hawks are expected to be aggressive in their pursuit for DeAndre Ayton this summer. Is one of the big bigger names that's going around. This offseason in the NBA, where will he land? I know there's been a huge falling out between him and Monty Williams. So it's going to be interesting to see where DeAndre Ayton lands hmm. next season. Yeah, I don't know if you heard. Um, who was it? Uh, there there were a couple different discussions of, uh, I think it, you know, it might have actually been Monty Williams talking about the season and recapping and, he was naming guys in, in the young group that they have over in Phoenix, and one name left out was DeAndre Ayton. That uh, did yep. not get mentioned. Um, Atlanta, I, I guess I could see that. the A pairing with uh, Trey Young, potentially. Now, if he's uh, complaining about not getting the ball enough playing with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I don't know that your, uh, your numbers are going to go up in terms of touches playing with Trey Young, but hey... Um, Guy's going to command a lot of money. I, from a Phoenix perspective, I'm trying to do what I can to keep him. I don't think they, uh, those kind of guys grow on trees, but I always circle back to, well, ultimately, had you taken Luka Doncic with that pick, uh, you're probably in a better spot. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a weird spot that they were in. Pelicans fans sure know he absolutely tore it up for the Suns in the paint, 
Pelicans could not stop him. I'm pretty sure he made every single one of his shots in the playoffs. It didn't, didn't seem like he missed. But hey, that's a weird situation for both people. I, I understand both sides, but if I'm DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix seems like the best opportunity to get you an NBA Finals ring. So, hey, yep. best of luck to him. Another storyline, let's transition over to the NFL. Let's go back to what I kind of teased in at the 1245 segment, and that is best NFL duos. Your New Orleans Saints, they have Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport as the best duo on the Saints roster. Hmm. Well, Cam Jordan makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess, look, I, I, I guess the question mark with Davenport, you think about the injuries he's battled and, and what he's had to overcome there. I don't know. I, when you have a, a healthy Saints offense, seems to me that a, a Camara and, uh, no, we're not just talking defensive duos, right? This is just anyone, no, anyone is, on the this team. This is all, all around. In- yeah, I, I don't know how. Where you're going. Yeah, I don't know how Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas aren't listed as the as the top two. Or, or Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, because those two were went hand in hand with each other. What, was there a stipulation like a, on position group or anything like that with this? No, it was just. I think it was just best all around duo on the team. Yeah, that's fascinating to have jordan and davenport i cam jordan his his work speaks for itself and davenport look the, the potential is there we, we've seen flashes of what the guy is capable of but yeah maybe a little bit of a reach in my mind but i guess when you're factoring in injuries and possible suspensions and that sort of thing if you're looking at the sure bet of uh of duos are actually currently like if you had to play tomorrow then maybe that's where it comes along yeah absolutely and kind of sticking with the whole narrative with the NFL, you've mentioned it a bunch. Uh, Monday's question of the day, who is going to watch the Saints practice this week? Who's going to go and participate in open practice? Um, who's going to go out there and watch them? You can comment or call in 800-998-1003 or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Very excited for fans to be out there and actually see the team for the uh, first time in, in quite a while. So Jordan, who, when you think about the guys who are going to be out there for the first time and guys coming back, in your mind, who are you most interested in seeing? Oh, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. I want to see those guys get out there. Uh, just, I guess your, your key role, your key players that are going to make an impact when they touch the ball. That's, that's who I want to see. I want to make sure that the connection with Winston and key playmakers are is there and it's not going to be going away. I'm all about the juicy storyline, man. I want, I want to see a Debo and Taylor going up against oh. Landry and Alave and my guy, Dejan Dixon. I, I, I want, I want all the, all the smoke and all the heat there between those battles. I think, I think that's going to be a lot of fun with a Debo and Taylor battling. And um, obviously we know what, what a Debo was capable of last year, but I mean, all indications, when you look at those first couple OTAs and Elante Taylor out of Tennessee and second rounder, the guy's got all the potential in the world. I think that's going to be fascinating, the way that secondary works. And even Marcus May, too, in, in that safety core. That'll yeah, be fascinating to I, see as well. Yeah, let me, I, w- I want to change mine, actually. I do want to... No, no, no changing. Come see, on. Yes, I get to change. I get to change. C.D. Deuce and Tyron Matthew, actually. I want to see them cause havoc on the team. Not too much to where it got his everybody concerned. So, I want... I, I'm looking at C.D. Deuce and Tyron Matthew 
how are they going to get along and how are they going to get under people's skin? The the big question mark is what's the up, what's I don't know how to phrase this exactly increase in number of LSU gear seen at minicamp this year versus last. I'm guessing it at least triples based on the fact oh, that you have Landry and Matthew there now. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I bet there's going to be a lot of people that instead of buying an, a Saints jersey that has Tyron Matthew or Jarvis Landry on it, they're just going to bring their LSU gear with the number you know, with their numbers on it and get it signed because, hey, I, I think there's a lot of LSU fans that never even attended LSU, but they still have the jersey and a lot of them are based in New Orleans. So I think you're going to see a lot of them. And when the Bengals and Saints play in the Dome, it's it's going to – it might look like an LSU game. <laughs> Very well could. That's going to be uh, fascinating next week. And look, I, I'm always – this is secondary to me to, to what I talked about with the, the battles between the wide receivers and the secondary. But Jameis Winston, let, let's let's see his development firsthand, right? We, we've seen the video in OTAs. We've seen the knee brace. It's gone down gradually in size. I almost feel like it's, you know, one of those scenes for the Batman trilogy where you're changing out gear every day and figuring out what's lightweight for your different stunts. But I, I want to see his development too. Another, you're another, another week further. You're going to have more guys on the field. Let's see what he does. And under a little bit more duress, it's all about building towards training camp. No, absolutely. I, I see that we're up against the, the break and I, I've really enjoyed the show so far. Great guest. And thank you once again for filling in for Gus and helping out with the show. You bet, man. Jordan Kleber, the graduate, joining us here at the uh, top of the hour. We'll take a quick break, come back, and begin hour number three. We'll start it with a little more NBA Finals talk. We'll get to more of your calls. A couple of great guests. Around the corner, Mark Kestisher, he was... See, uh, he was uh, asked by uh, popular demand back on the show, so... We give the people what they want. He joins us next, radio voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. It's the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill. Kicking off your week on this Monday, June 13th on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. 
Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and start getting cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code ESPN for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code ESPN. Remember, use promo code Code ESPN for a $5 bonus on your first tank of gas. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Now I look at Ron Rivera and I look at the commanders and I say, Carson Wentz, was he just a placeholder? Because there's a part of me that looks at Taylor Heineke and I'm thinking, man, I kind of like what I see from Taylor Heineke more so than what I see from Carson Wentz. I see the influence in how Taylor Heineke fights for it and I've seen the way other people don't respond to Carson Wentz. That makes me worried about his leadership. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Away we go with our number three. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengell here on this Monday, June 13th. So glad you can join us. Today is game five of the NBA Finals. This series between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors is now tied at two games apiece thanks to 43 points in game four from Steph Curry, including his seventh and final three-pointer to put things away in the fourth quarter. To Draymond Green, looks to dish it low, instead finds Curry on the right, rises, contested three, it's good! Steph Curry with 38 points and a huge triple with a minute 42 to go to put the Warriors up to possession. A man who made that call joins us now, Mark Kestisher, play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. He's back in the bay getting set for Game 5 tonight from Chase Center. Mark, you're back by popular demand. We were requested you heavily to make a return, and now here you are. I give the people what they want. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing fine, Jack. Sorry you had to listen to that, uh, whoever that guy was making that call. But <laughs> yes, uh, good to be back on with you this afternoon. Well, again, uh, tip tonight is at 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 pregame right here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone earlier, Mark, about the new format in the finals. It's been a couple of years now for you to get used to it, but used to be 2-3-2. Two, two. You don't think about it too much until you're flying from coast to coast the way you are now with the at least going to do another trip back to Boston for Game 6. But uh, take me through first Game 4. I, I spoke earlier with Mike Breen. We had him on, and he was talking about the Steph Curry heroics. We heard your call there of, of Steph's seventh and final three. Take me through from your eyes courtside what you saw from just what was a masterful performance from a guy who's one of the all-time greats, and some folks say that maybe was the finest game he's ever played in his terrific NBA career. Yeah, it's uh, especially for when it came, what was needed, uh, what was at stake, potentially falling behind three games to one. Um, Boston Garden, which the decibel count that we had was over 110 on a Friday night, uh, well after um, folks finished work and had a chance to uh, gas up, if you will, for the game. So it was it was all there primed for the Celtics, and they had the lead 
for most of the game. So you just saw a a fearless Steph Curry who's at the peak of his powers. Um, look, he doesn't have the greatest of help from the others, if you will. Clay Thompson still hasn't really uh, gotten back to Clay Thompson form. I know Draymond Green, there's been a lot of discussion about him, you know, in for a defense, out for offense, sat quite a stretch of the fourth quarter. Uh, but you heard in that call, he, he delivered the pass to Curry uh, for the assist. Draymond Green had another crucial offensive rebound uh, to set up a Kevon Looney score uh, later with about a minute to go in the game. Uh, and then Andrew Wiggins, who had never had more than 11 rebounds in any game in his entire career, and he comes up with 16 of them and so many of them in the second half. So, you know, you just saw a team that, you know, if you stack it on paper, Jack, I think you're going to, you know, side with Boston as the better team on paper. Uh, Golden State has some great talent. Uh, they definitely have guys that have been there, that have won championships, you know, three times. And, and Curry kind of showed that he still has plenty to give and, and can even, you know, put a team on its back for a seven-minute stretch down the fourth quarter uh, in a victory. Again, speaking with Mark Kestensher, he's the play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio's sixth finals that he has called. Game five tonight, Warriors and Celtics back at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Yeah, you mentioned Steph and, and being at the peak of his powers. I was talking to Mike earlier, Mike Breen, that is, about the, the fact that that was his 13th game in a finals where he scored 30 or more. That ties Kobe Bryant for eighth most all time. It's hard to do, but yet somehow most of us find ways to take what this guy is doing for granted. It's become such a regular occurrence, and we think about the finals so far, Mark, and most people were saying, oh, well, he's played all right, but he hasn't really scored in the fourth quarter. Well, it shouldn't take him giving a performance like that for the ages, is what I'm saying, for us to appreciate how great this guy is. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I, I don't put tons of stock into, you know, finals MVP awards, but that was kind of the narrative coming in as the one thing missing, you know, from his career. And you could debate whether he should have won it in 15 or perhaps he should have won it over Kevin Durant, neither of the other two they won together. Um, but you're right. I mean, the all the knocks that have been on him, you know, he's too small. Uh, he can't stay healthy. You know, he's he's beat those knocks, and then it was, well, he can't defend, and, you know, teams are going to go after him. And, you know, again, you know, he's not going to be on an, uh, an NBA uh, all-defensive team, but he has handled that side of it pretty well. And then he just, you know, he's completely changed the game geometrically, you know, from the NBA where you see the amount of three-pointers that are taken, but nobody hits it as proficiently as him. And I, I called the Warriors this morning because I just wanted to get a handle on the fact that he's had four straight games of five or more three-pointers you know it's never been done in the finals so he's a he's a trailblazer there but I said surely he's done this before right and they said well in the regular season a couple of years ago he had nine straight games where he made five or more three-pointers and I said well, what are you doing in the postseason They're like well back in 15 when he didn't win the NBA finals uh MVP award he had six straight games of five or more three-pointers so you know again he's done this over his career but perhaps just hasn't gotten his due lost in the super team of the Warriors in the Kevin Durant years, um, maybe with the dynasty crumbling and Clay Thompson getting hurt and Kevin Durant, you know, leaving via free agency. So you kind of think that period's over and then Steph got hurt himself and missed almost an entire season. So here's this quote unquote rebirth, you know, on the national stage 
And even though he probably shouldn't have to defend himself, he's already got two MVPs in the regular season, um, you know, on his resume. It's just we're, we're usually, you know, whatever has happened uh, in the last few weeks is sometimes what forms, you know, like hot take opinions. And it, it definitely is Steph Curry's time right now. But it's always been there. You know, he was he was going to the Hall of Fame regardless of what happens in this series. But I think it just stamps it a little deeper for those who maybe, you know, had knocked him down a peg or two or don't put him on, you know, the Mount Rushmore of uh, the NBA. And I hate saying that because, you know, you get 15 deep. Uh, I know Mount Rushmore only has four. We don't (laughs) even have five on Mount Rushmore. you got to go sometimes 15 deep with all the great talent that have been in this league for 75 years. Again, speaking with Mark Kestisher, the terrific play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals and ESPN Radio. You can catch his call tonight right here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. 8 o'clock tip, 7 o'clock is the start of their one-hour pregame show. Flipping it over to the Boston side, Mark, I look at this Celtics team and the things that they did really well in those first three games. We talked about out-hustling the Warriors, out-muscling them. Well, meanwhile, game four, you mentioned it. They got out-rebounded by 13. You had a guy like Andrew Wiggins grabbing a career-high 16 rebounds. And then the struggles of Jason Tatum are continuing. Eight for 23 from the floor. He didn't make four of his eight threes, but he's now shooting 34% for the series. You think about it, Tatum's shooting 34.1% from the floor. Steph Curry's averaging 34.3 points per game. You figure at some point, and I know they won a couple of games without Tatum being at his best, he probably has to get going. Are you seeing certain things that the Warriors are doing to make his life difficult? What are the Celtics saying to try to do to get him going? Well, and, and I'm, I haven't done the math yet. I should probably do that in the next uh, few hours here before airtime. But his two you got some time, no worries. <laughs> yeah, it's in the twenties. I, I had it. I hadn't updated it. He was like at twenty-seven percent going into Game Four uh, from two-point range, and that was not improved upon too much in game four but I think you know Andrew Wiggins got a lot of credit for defending Luka Doncic in the Western Conference Finals and hasn't gotten enough credit uh, for how he's defended Jason Tatum you know so far in the NBA Finals now Tatum to his credit you know when he hasn't you know found the shot has been able to find the right player to score and his assist numbers are way up but I think we're we're all waiting we've been waiting for that Jason Tatum game. It feels like it's coming. You know, there's always at some point where he takes over. Now, that might not necessarily but be what Ime Udoka wants. You know, he look, he wants the ball to move. He wants them to share it. He wants them to get the best shot they can. I think some of it just comes down to age, too. We forget the guy's 24 years old, and they're all so supremely talented on this team, that starting five. And we spoke with Marcus Smart yesterday and asked him about the breakdown in the last, you know, five, seven minutes in game four, and he thought they were a little rushed. He thought that they were all thinking a little too much about how to set up the other guy, and, you know, they took too much time off the clock. They got bad shots. I think they missed six in a row down the stretch. So I think a little less thinking, a little more playing, a little more trust, and uh, for Tatum himself, I think that Tatum game is coming. I know the Warriors fans are hoping it's not tonight, uh, but it's bubbling under the surface, and it's hard to imagine that those shooting percentages are going to stay low uh, for this entire se- for this entire series. And if they do, then as, as talented as I may feel the Celtics are more than the Warriors, uh, the Warriors are going to win the series if uh, if Tatum doesn't improve upon that. 
Mark Kessinger, play-by-play voice for the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio, joining us. Mark, real quick, we got 60 more seconds here. Golden State's now 6-0 in the postseason following a loss. Boston won that game three to bounce back for the game two loss. They're 7-0 this postseason following a loss. I look at the box score. You mentioned to me on Friday the importance of Boston not turning it over. I think one of the kind of major storylines for them, yeah, they turned it over, I think, 15 times in game four, but they actually won the turnover battle. They only turned it over three times in the fourth quarter. The Warriors still won. What do you see as the major keys now in this pivotal game five? Yeah, I look, I think the biggest key for Boston, their defense is fine. I think offensively, if you look at the two losses, that's where they have struggled, and that goes back to Jason Tatum. If, if he gets that part fixed, you feel like, you know, Boston uh, wins the game. And for Golden State, you know, I, look, they're at home. It hasn't meant as much. I, you can't rely, obviously, on Steph Curry carrying the team once again. You know, Clay Thompson at some point is going to have to, you know, deliver uh, a little old-school Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole who it seems like is the bellwether in this series. You know, when he comes off the bench and gives them good production, they win those games. And when he doesn't, when he looks lost, and when he gives up on the defensive end, you know, that spells defeat. So I think offense for Boston, Jordan Poole off the bench for Golden State, those could be two of the biggest factors tonight. By the way, Mark, I did the math for you. 27.5% from two for Tatum so far. 14 for 51. Put it down in the spotting chart and give me some credit on air and we're, uh, we're I even. do not have to change the number. Holding it 27, but I will put a JV in a circle there. So you get credit there. There, there we go. That is Mark Kestis here again, play by play voice of the NBA finals and ESPN radio. Seven o'clock pregame show right here on ESPN radio, New Orleans. Kevin Winter, Roz Gold on Woody and then. Doris Burke, PJ Carlissimo, and Monica McNutt join Mark on the call at 8 o'clock. My friend, enjoy the uh, Bay Area. Have a great call of uh, Game 5. I know I'll be tuned in. All the best to you. I appreciate it, Jack. Thanks for having us on. All right. He is just a tremendous Mark Kestisher. So we got the two network play-by-play voices, Mike Breen and Mark Kestisher. You don't get any better analysis than we got uh, here today on the Sports Hangover. Coming up, we're talking some more Saints Got a guy in Sean Fazand who knows all about it. Fox 8 Sports. He's coming up on the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for guest Cattengill here on this Monday, June 13th.